Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to our special COVID-19 series of podcasts, which offer differing perspectives from a wide range of people who are doing their own thing to work through, cope and deal with the virus during these unprecedented times. We begin with eminent psychiatrist Dr. Brendan Kelly, who in record time published his new book, Coping with Coronavirus. And I'm delighted to say hello again to Professor of Psychiatry at Trinity College and consultant psychiatrist at Tala Hospital, Dr. Brendan Kelly. Brendan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. Well done to you. My God, this is breakneck speed you've come out with this book. How many days in total was it? Well, it just took about, just, it took under two weeks. Um, I thought that we needed some guidance regarding protecting our mental health as well as our physical health. And the publisher, Marion Press, I, I never saw a publisher say yes so quickly. And within 10 days, they have, we have this book. Now it's an e-book at the moment. It's available from Amazon and Google Play and Apple and all kinds of places for just a euro and um, proceeds will go to charity. We wanted to make the book free, to be honest, Jerry, but um, the e-book platforms insisted that we charge their minimum price, which we have. So hopefully it will prove helpful to people as we navigate these rather difficult times. It certainly will, because I've been through the book the last couple of days, and it is really spot on. I have to say, well done to you in such a short space of time. And I want to tell listeners, it is number one in Amazon bestsellers today. Am I surprised? Congratulations to you. Let me come back to the whole premise of the book. Yes, you do say in the book, of course we have the illness, and there's a massive fear around that. But Brendan, the part you're focusing on, the anxiety and panic triggered in our minds, is it even greater than the virus? Well, it, it can be. It certainly affects a far greater number of people because literally everybody in the country, or indeed er, almost everybody on the planet, is anxious or worried to some degree. So absolutely everybody is affected. Now, clearly people with uh, COVID-19 or have a, a family member who's ill, they're affected in, an, in another way. But absolutely everybody is affected in one way or other. And what the book is trying to do is to, to acknowledge we should be anxious. There is something to be anxious about, but uh, we need to keep it in proportion and we need to not be disabled by our anxiety because now more than ever, we need to have sort of a level head. We need to try to keep things in proportion and do what we can to remain both physically and mentally well in what looks like it will be a sustained situation for a few more months anyway. 
you have you have years of experience dealing with all forms of anxieties and you have methods of treating them but this is quite different isn't it because it's a new scenario and you know you can't i know with a lot of your treatments you bring people into the situations that they fear or they're anxious about most you can't do this with this brendan no i mean for panic disorder for example someone getting panicked in the supermarket our treatment is based on demonstrating there's nothing actually to be afraid of and they can manage their fear but with this we must acknowledge there is reason to be anxious and we have to combat our tendency to be either complacent or panicking and we need to be somewhere in the middle with a little bit of anxiety to make sure we follow the public health advice and we're careful the way the government advises but again that we're not disabled and one of the very big challenges nowadays with this is managing our knowledge and our information and i know people and i'm i'm sure you do too who are obsessed with every news story every statistic from every country around the world every hour of every day so what i recommend in the book is that we limit our media intake about the global pandemic uh, to just 15 minutes in the morning and 15 in the evening and between times we deal with coronavirus to the extent that it impacts on our lives but we cannot carry around the weight of the global pandemic in our heads every minute through the day because we need to live our lives as best we can and other people need us to our children our families and our neighbors so we need to manage our information particularly from social media with extra care oh, it's so important what you say there because there's never-ending news rolling on the tvs as you say you have your phone by your side you could be onto this every single minute of the day and you're right there are so many misnomers and falsities about this really what you're saying is brendan the government and the hse in this country they are the people we must listen to yeah they are the people that we trust and also you know, I mean, reputable news outlets, um, you, you know, I mean, no more than yourselves mm. there in LMFM, yes. like when there's some kind of a filter going on, because you see, particularly with social media, for some reason, our brains move towards the most dramatic conspiracy theories, the most outlandish statements. And even though our logical brain might know that it's not true when we look at a, a tweet that's clearly not true, even though we dismiss it with our logical brain, it has an impact on us emotionally and it affects our mood. We mightn't realize it at the time, but it does affect us and it all builds up. So managing this and being aware of what we're looking at is particularly important now, given the free-floating anxiety around the place and we do operate a negative filter in the sense that we we seem to move toward the most negative news story we can find rather than sticking with the mainstream reliable news stories that mightn't be so dramatic but they're true there's something you point out and i think it's worth you saying it to our listeners again today because each day we get the numbers of cases in ireland and across the world especially in europe and america and we hear of the fatalities and they are all shocking and it's just unbelievable the numbers who are passing away because of this but you do say early on in this book you give uh, percentages about uh, people recovering and the survival rate would you just remind us of those yeah, most people who um, contract coronavirus will have a self-limited illness, which means it'll just clear up itself. And that's 90, uh, well, 
the, the, the mortality, the death rate with this is probably between 1% uh, and 2%, maybe even less than 1% because there are so many undiagnosed people. So it's likely that around fewer than one person in 100 who gets this will actually die. And the vast majority of people will not need to go to hospital. So a lot of the public health measures um, are making people anxious, you know, particularly older adults staying in their homes. But that's not so much because the virus has a high mortality. It's to prevent it spreading and protect mm. more vulnerable people. And particularly now to the over 70s who are cocooned, they're really stuck in their houses 100%. And I know a lot of them are very frustrated. Some of them are very angry because it can feel disproportionate. But those people, the over 70s at home, they are frontline workers in controlling this pandemic. And they should never forget that. Their contribution by staying at home is enormous. And Jerry, I say this as a healthcare professional working in a hospital. And the, you know, the fewer people that need to come to hospital with this, the better. So the over 70s out there really need to understand that their contribution to this is enormous. It mightn't feel that way because they're just staying at home, but it is a huge contribution for which the rest of us, and particularly healthcare workers, are so grateful eternally to them for making this sacrifice. Well said, Brendan. And just to, to give those figures, 80% get better with no treatment, 90%, 97% is actually the survival rate overall. Now, you also allude to the fact that in the general population, um, simple behaviours, just a word on those, please. Make massive difference in terms of people contracting COVID or not. Absolutely. Things like um, good hand hygiene, which is uh, frequent and vigorous washing of hands, coughing etiquette, that is not coughing or sneezing on top of other people, and maintaining a two metre physical distance. These are astonishingly powerful methods. I mean, people are searching for treatments. The scientists are looking for vaccines, and these are all very, very important. But these other measures are even more powerful than those because these measures, the simple measures that we take, prevent people getting the illness in the first place. They prevent a need for treatment, a need for vaccines. And these, if everyone followed this advice 100%, the virus can be stopped in its tracks. We're already seeing the rate of growth of new cases start to slow down as everyone makes these enormous sacrifices to do this. And the sacrifices are huge, not just for the over 70s. You know, because of these measures and because of the virus, so many people have lost their jobs and face financial uncertainty. These are huge sacrifices, but they really, really have an impact. And these concrete, simple actions are especially important when we're talking with children, because anxiety can feel infinite to a child. So we need to be honest and tell children there is a problem with a new illness, but that simple activities hugely reduce the risk and help keep everyone safe, themselves, their parents, their grandparents. And then having explained this to the children, we march them off and they wash their hands just to demonstrate the difference that they too can make. 
Look, I wanted to just have a quick word with you today. I really love what you've done and I congratulate you again. And I want to tell listeners it's called Coping with Coronavirus. You can download it. It's an ebook. It'll only cost a euro and all the monies are going to help the front line as well. It's number one in Amazon today. And this book will help us all take care of our psychological health, which is so important at this time. I want to finish with a quote from you. You say, balancing the problems of today with the possibilities of tomorrow. I think that sums it up, Brendan. Yes, we, we, can't, we cannot forget that we are very psychologically resilient and we will come through this, just like previous generations came through enormous adversity, be they world wars or whatever, we do have the powers to come through this. And I, I do appreciate the chance to talk about this and the book, which, as you say, is online. You can read it on a phone or a tablet or a computer or whatever. And uh, the royalties will indeed go to uh, charities assisting with this great effort. It's Nyart Lakela. Congratulations, Professor Brendan Kelly, and thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you very much. Young entrepreneur and founder of Satanta Nutrition, dietitian Dr. Connor Curley joined us to talk about the virus and the importance of diet and supplements to keeping healthy at this time. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for taking our call today. And Connor, the reason I wanted to talk to you was I was really uh, uplifted myself when I read a post you put up yesterday uh, about a paper that was issued through the Science Daily, published in Nature Medicine and from the University of Melbourne. And you say yourself, from your your expertise and your years at this, there's great hope when it comes to COVID-19. Will you tell our listeners what we're talking about here? Yes, absolutely. So it's a fairly complicated paper, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the kind of key facts. Basically, um, they looked at one lady um, who had uh, contracted um, coronavirus, um, a Chinese lady originating from Wuhan, but she arrived, she was asymptomatic, she had no symptoms, arrived into Melbourne and then developed some symptoms. Um, So this lady had no medical history and she was taking no medications and she was a non-smoker. But she was admitted into um, the Royal Melbourne Hospital and they did blood tests on her over four different occasions. And they were able to measure and map her immune response from um, kind of early on in the virus to when it became a little bit more um, severe to when she recovered. And really what they found, which is really quite hopeful um, for, for everybody out there, is that the immune response was quite similar to um, maybe a general influenza, um, seasonal influenza um, virus. Um, So the immune system is capable of fighting this virus, even though it is a new virus. Um, So a direct quote from the researcher said, in an otherwise healthy person, a robust immune response was associated with clinical recovery, similar to what we see in influenza. Um, Now, it is just important to point out that this lady... She was a middle-aged lady, um, age 47. She had direct contact in Wuhan, um, but she was on no medications, no medical history, and she was a non-smoker. Um, but I think it's certainly um, very um, uplifting. Um, this is probably the first time scientists have been able to map um, an individual's response to immune response to the virus, because as we all know, it is a new virus. So this really does give you and should give us all real hope. It's another, let's say, piece in the jigsaw. Is that what we're saying, Connor? Absolutely. So, I mean, I guess part of the scientific um, jigsaw, if you like, to use your word, um, is to to really to publish your findings, to publish how you how you came up with those findings and then research teams around the world can, can use your um, can replicate your results 
um, using um, you know, the same uh, methods. So this is hugely positive to see um, why has somebody got a, a severe response, why has somebody got a less severe response, um, and potentially even to develop medications and vaccines to combat um, coronavirus and potentially other viruses as well. And Connor, there's no doubt about this. The world is working at one. Everybody is coming together to fight this. There are no borders. There are no nationalities. There are no politics here. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I just before we I came on air, I heard, I heard you mentioning, you know, the, the response to the HSC, which... As you, as you say, it's just phenomenal to see what what is possible. And you know, I'm, I I signed up myself, and um, you know, I think it's it's times like these we really see uh, a great community spirit. Um, maybe uh, maybe we can keep it going when, once we come out the far side of this uh, of this situation too. Connor, the conspiracy theorists are out on in force now, and I'm I'm hopping this on you here. But if you have an opinion, I'd like to hear it. You know, there are people saying that this was generated in a lab and released. What do you say to that? Um, I mean, I don't know what, what anybody can say. There's absolutely no evidence for that. There's, in fact, there's good evidence that this is just a, a natural... Um, um, it's, it's a, it, it, there's no evidence that it's man-made, and that's been kind of um, shown scientifically that there's no evidence this is a man-made, um, a yeah. man-made epidemic. Um, so, I mean, we're in this situation. What we can do is just band together, listen to official advice, which we're all well familiar with, and to to keep social distancing and, you know, to wash our hands and to to keep our spirits up um, as best as possible. Now, your speciality through what you're doing and you're working on your own wonderful business at this point in time and and developing it, you're a doctor in human nutrition and dietetics. What about our immune systems and the relationship with the way we care for ourselves health-wise and what we eat? Yeah, so I mean, there's a huge interest in this, and you know, obviously, I'd be quite familiar with the the research, but also what, what's been said on on social media and so on. And unfortunately, there is a lot of rubbish, especially from from people who who stand to make a profit, maybe of people buying, um, you know, kind of um, dodgy products, let's say. Um, yeah. But in general, a healthy immune system is really important for everybody, whether we're talking about the common cold, the common flu, or um, a new problem such as um, Corona. And as we were talking about at the start of the study, at the start of the the, the segment here, um, you know, like the immune system is is capable of fighting it off. Um, but obviously, the immune system needs to be strong. Um, so, just a couple of uh, simple tips for your your listeners. Yes. Um, I mean, sleep is really, really important. Um, I know I'm not really talking about nutrition, but sleep is so important. And it's easy, you know, in these times when we're maybe isolated at home and we're out of routine to, to kind of maybe uh, stay up late at night um, and maybe sleep a little bit longer during the day. But we know that sleep is really, really important for um, the immune system in general. And we know even one night of disrupted sleep can, can really disrupt our immune system. So I would urge our listeners to try and keep a... a um, a healthy routine, um, including sleep. Um, on top of that, and maybe to help with sleep, um, is exercise. So although maybe we can't go to the gym and maybe we're not playing team sports, there's absolutely no reason why people can't um, exercise or even just move their body within the house or even just go for a, a, you know, a small walk while obviously um, keeping things like social distancing in mind. So it's not about running a marathon, it's just about um, keeping active, which is healthy in general, but very healthy for immune system and keep your mood up in these, um, in these uncertain times. Um, the next one then, um, you know, I saw some kind of a, um, 
maybe some shameful pictures over the weekend and throwing a pubs packed with people. Um, but, you know, it's it's tempting maybe to have a few extra drinks. But we also know that alcohol can certainly disrupt the immune system. So I, I wouldn't be advising people to to, to start, um, you know, consuming alcohol excessively. Um, and then I suppose finally coming coming to my sort of uh, biggest interest, which is um, food and nutrition. I thought you'd never um, get there. This is the one yeah. we're all hanging on. And I look at everything you, know you say. Everything you say is so important. But come on, let's have it from the man that knows. Yeah. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, because um, um, this is sort of a new virus, such we don't have any specific um, research on foods or nutrients and corona. However, regarding the immune system in general, there are several strategies we can take. Um, and top of the list, because in Ireland we're quite poor in this area, um, I'm going to mention is, is fibre, dietary fibre. Um, we've all heard about the gut microbiome and so on, which houses a huge amount, maybe 80% of the immune system. Um, but it turns out that um, fibre from food is really, really important to have a healthy gut, including the immune system. And this is something that we don't really hear about. We think of fibre and for keeping the bowels regular and things like that. But fibre is actually really important for the immune system as well. So where do we get fibre? Well, very simply, um, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, legumes like chickpeas and lentils, and also nuts and seeds. And I mentioned nuts and seeds last because um, they actually are a really good source of dietary zinc as well. Um, so I think nuts and seeds are a really easy um, snack or addition to meals um, and provide, as I say, protein, but also fibre um, and zinc, which are really important for our immune system. And we know all our health service show that in Ireland we don't eat a huge amount of nuts and seeds. So that, there's, that's maybe a little bit of um, easy information for, for your listeners. Um, and one I even forgot about is vitamin E, which also is contained in, in nuts and seeds as well. And on top of that, then we hear a lot about vitamin C. And I actually was in a pharmacy yesterday. Um, I have a bit of a cut on my finger. But anyway, um, there was um, two people in looking for vitamin C tablets. Unfortunately, vitamin C is what we call water-soluble. So it means if you if you have enough vitamin C and you take more, you just end up peeing it out. Um, and it's, it's very little benefit. Um, however, we know that the major source of vitamin C are um, fruits and vegetables, including frozen and also potatoes. So we love our potatoes here in Ireland and potatoes contain quite a lot of vitamin C. Um, so fruits, vegetables and potatoes, you're going to get lots of vitamin C. And as I always advise um, any of my clients, just go for a variety. So don't just eat carrots all the time. Have some carrots and some broccoli and some spinach and some berries and some apples and, and potatoes and so on. You're going to get lots of vitamin C. And then the last one I'm just going to mention quite um, a little bit briefly. Um, I've done a lot of research on vitamin D. Um, the major source of vitamin D is the sun. And obviously we don't, don't get a huge amount of sun, especially um, in kind of February and March time in Ireland. So anybody who hasn't been on holidays is guaranteed to have a low vitamin D level in Ireland. Um, so I'd recommend um, thinking about vitamin D. And unfortunately, um, dietary sources aren't going to be sufficient. So I would recommend a supplement. Um, and I take a supplement myself in the, in the winter months. Um, a kind of a good starting dose can be um, 25 micrograms or 1,000 international units. So that's 25 micrograms, and you'll see it written on the box um, as a kind of a, a weird U shape with a G, 25 micrograms or 1,000 international units. Um, and if anybody likes, they can contact me directly um, through my online channels, and I'm happy to, to give them all of that information um, as well. And Connor, those channels, just give a mention there, where can people find you? 
Yeah, so if, if anybody just types my name into Google, they'll find me automatically. So it's Connor Curley, and Curley being on unusual surnames with K E R L E Y, Connor with one N. So C O N O R K E R L E Y. Um, and you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and so on. I'm happy to give any of that advice out. Um, <clears throat> but once again, fruits and vegetables, um, nuts and seeds, um, and then making sure that you're. Um, you consider a vitamin D supplement, sleeping well, exercising um, daily and not overdosing on alcohol. Um, as well as just once again to emphasise hand washing and social distancing really is our um, is our biggest ally at this time. Connor, listen, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the show this afternoon. I really do appreciate it. Fantastic advice there and good to hear that the uh, research on the other side of the world is tying in with lots of others in labs and facilities around this planet. And please, God, this will pass uh, with time. Thank you for joining me on the show, Connor. Absolutely, Jerry, and stay safe, everybody. Thank you, Connor. Nice to talk to you. Dr. Connor Curley there from Satanta Nutrition Science, a really good guy. Belief, faith and religion have moved centre stage for so many people since the outbreak of the virus. Father Shane Crombie from Navin Parish joined us ahead of the Easter festivities. Father Shane, good afternoon. Hello, Jerry, and to all your listeners, how are you all? I, I thank you for joining us today, and I'm sure everybody, Father, is doing as well as they can. It's a really changed Easter time, a, a unique one in our lifetimes, for the church. How are you getting on yourselves? How are you coping with this? Well, Jerry, the word that you used there was unique. And indeed, it is unique. And I just was listening to the community diary there just before you were speaking to me. There was two types of uh, announcement. Firstly, things that had been cancelled and been rescheduled for the future. And then a full list of people who have been who have been in their communities who are trying their best to help out people, especially people who might be vulnerable or, or isolated. And I think that kind of sums up the whole idea of Easter. There's a certain amount of disappointment and there's also but there's a huge amount of hope. Like, we're disappointed that we can't have the ceremonies the way we normally do uh, in the parish, like to be always very well attended here in Avon and throughout the, throughout the area as well. So we're very disappointed with, that we can't have them with with people. We're celebrating them in Avon with the clergy and they're going to be streamed on on our webcam. But it really is disappointing that people aren't going to be there because at the end of the day, it's about people and people's relationship with God. It's not just about the priest doing his liturgy up on the altar. It's about the people. So it's disappointing. But at the same time, Easter is all about hope. Easter is all about the triumph of of life over death, of darkness over light, whatever way, whatever analogy that you want to use. And that, to my mind, is very much the fore this Easter. You mentioned the streaming. My word, technology has facilitated uh, the hearing and the listening to Mass for thousands and thousands of people, not alone in the northeast here, but across the country. It's a godsend. It really is, but actually, we've been we've been streaming our ceremonies here in Navan since 1995. Oh my! So we were one of the first to be in there, but but absolutely, the uptake has been huge, and the numbers of people that have been kind of that have been tuning into the ceremonies uh, on our parish have been absolutely phenomenal, and also the amount of feedback that we've gotten from people, the people from all over the all over obviously our parish area, but wider around the area and around the county and around the country and internationally as well, people who have been joining us. And that's a great. Um, it's it's a very different way of leading people in prayer, but it's it's has proved itself to be very very powerful, um, not just for ourselves in, in in the church, but for also people that are part of it. Yeah, so it is it is really a, a godsend that we can use technology in this way. And uh, what's remarkable as well, like at the beginning, 
uh, it would have been said that a lot of older people who might want to join in wouldn't have had to, wouldn't have the technology or the wherewithal. But that really has been proved the exact opposite. People have been very, very uh, adaptive in, in getting in technology, especially our older people as well. So it's it's been an, an eye opener and a very, very pleasant surprise too. It is. It's wonderful. And people have really stepped up to the mark. And I congratulate as well the younger folk who've helped uh, their uh, relatives who are not that young at the moment to, to come up to speed and enable them to uh, join in the ceremonies as they happen. It's a test of faith, Father, isn't it, for the uh, for the congregation? But in a way, do you see that the church maybe in a way has become more central in people's lives and the faith again? Well, it's like this. If you're going to sit down in your in your kitchen or sit down in your living room or wherever you have your, your device and to log on and sit down, there's a, there's a conscious effort there as well. Of course, obviously, you know, if you're going to get in the car and drive to the church as well. But I think people, from my experience of talking to people and the feedback that we've received, there is something very intimate about it as well. Even though people can't be present in the church, it is as if, like, the church and their church, because at the end of the day, it's like a church building in Navan belongs to the people of Navan and the parishioners. That it's 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 not just the building that's down in the in the middle of the town, but has come into their family and come into their homes as well. And I think, really and truly, well, I'm speaking personally here. I think since the lockdown has come, um, so many things that we would feel that we had to do, or so many things that we kind of that filled up our day, that that we all all all, all the time that we have have been taken away. So there is a time just to, to step back a little bit and just see, well, listen, how things are. I'll give you a perfect example of that. I can't go home. I haven't seen my parents in nearly a month at this stage. And today is my father's birthday. I know he's not listening, but I shout out to my father on his, on his birthday. But I can't go home and see my parents. And that really makes me kind of, like, you know, value that relationship even more. Thank God I always did value it, but to value it even more and to try my best to keep in contact in, in other ways. And I think in terms of faith, it can be that as well. There is a decision kind of, or there's kind of an active choice that has to be made kind of to tap in. And I think people have, have risen to that, to that particular challenge and, have, and, it has been, and it has been good, very, very good to see. What's your dad's name? Dad's Sean. Sean and, Crombie and the, and, the, and the mother's Anne Sean and Anne oh god yeah we better mention Anna there'll be mothers in the house as they say in these parts <laughs> happy birthday to Sean today and we'll uh, say hello to Anne uh, as well Shane for yourself you talk about uh, change and changing times sure in the recent past sure, you were a, a fixture in Tullamore you were part and parcel of the faithful county for years and you had to up sticks last summer 2019 and move to an entirely new parish now I know you did spend a little bit of time there in your early years but uh, it's real uh, upheaval is it you you well, felt that upheaval the then year, absolutely the, the, fir- the first year the first year that you spend in the new parish everything is new so christmas and everything so obviously i was kind of from a from from a priest's point of view was looking forward to spending my first easter here in the parish and experiencing uh, the ceremonies and everything do here are, are done here but by it's, it's completely different this year. It's it's I, I, to go back to the word that you used at the very beginning. It's a unique occasion. So like I have to say, it's been it's uh, it, it's really kind of enjoyable in a certain sense. But at the same time, it's also not the way that I had hoped that it, that it would be. But it is as it is, and we're getting the best from it. Yeah. But so I'm delighted to be up in this part of the country. By the by the way, and mm. uh, I, I've thankfully received a very very kind welcome in in Navan and. 
And even though I do miss my, my own parish in Tullamore, I'm very, very delighted to be up in this part of the country as well. Ah, it's lovely to hear, and they're delighted to have you as well. So when we talk about births, deaths and marriages, uh, the key uh, occasions in life for all of us with the churches involved, all are out of kilter at the moment. And I think especially when you think of uh, the funerals and not being able to attend, that's really tough. So you you see that. I feel genuinely feel so sorry for families at this time because... Um, the first experience that I had of, we'll call it a, a COVID funeral, the first example of the experience of that was when going to the family and being with them throughout the time of the wake and there's nobody in the house. And we all have an experience in some way or another of a funeral. And one of the, the great consolations, one of the great helps is people being around, people rallying around. And that's just not possible at the moment and I remember asking the family like you know how did they find the day was it how did they found it? they said they found it very long because it was just literally themselves with their loved one and they were to keep keeping their vigil as best as they best as they can and I suppose the thing about our kind of the way that we mark funerals as a society even taking religion out of it the way we do it as a society it's to do with people coming together very much and since that's not there it's a huge aspect that has been taken away but people have been I can say as a priest and working in a parish people have been so understanding and people have been have just been very very accepting about the way things are and we always keep it in mind and I know families and I know parishes as well that this isn't this isn't going to be the end when when all this is over when everything comes back to normal and please God it will come back to normal soon enough that we will be able to gather together and have a celebration uh, in memory of that of the person that has died to pray for them as we would have had in a normal funeral and I think that gives people a little bit of hope as well but um, yeah, I genuinely feel feel incredibly sorry for people who are who are so who are going through bereavement at this time because that huge aspect has been has just been taken away. Just before you leave us um, tomorrow, Good Friday, then of course we go into the Saturday and Easter Sunday the celebrations. You will continue to stream the ceremonies to uh, your parishioners. We will indeed. We start tonight at half past seven with the Mass of the Lord's Supper. And tomorrow evening, we, we, we our church is still open in Navan, so we, we're not having the ceremony at three o'clock because it would mean having to close the church. So we said it would be great to have the church open for people who are out doing their walk or going to the shops. Or, uh, people are, are very, very good at following the, following the instructions laid down by the government. And I think it's very important that we do that because it seems, please, with with the help of God, I mean, that it's, it's having its having its impact. But the church will be open for anyone that happens to go going by. So we'll have our ceremony tomorrow evening at, at half past seven, and then the Easter vigil, at, like normally at nine o'clock on on Saturday, and then the, the full the full celebration on Sunday. And I suppose one thing I have to say to to LMFM as 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 priests, as priests and parishioners, we're very grateful to the wonderful service that you provide every Sunday morning with a mass that is that is broadcast. So we're kind of working in tandem together on that particular one. We're not trying to outdo each other on numbers on that <laughs> one. We'll, we'll, we'll happily share audience audience on that one. Ah, oh, you're very kind. You're magnanimous, I have to say. Thank you so much, Father Shane. I wish you a happy Easter and thank you for joining us on Late Lunch today. To all your listeners. Thank you. Take care. That's Father Shane Crombie there. Wonderful man from Navin Parish. And just reminding you that our Mass, yes, our usual Sunday Mass, and we've been doing it for years and years and years. And Eddie Caffrey, our man who records those Masses, does a great job. But all the uh, churches in the North East and Loudoun Mead, this Sunday, especially for Easter, the Easter Sunday Mass comes from Mel Parish Church 
in Drogheda this Sunday. So do uh, join us on Sunday morning. That's it for now, but do check out our other COVID-19 special podcasts. And be sure to join us each afternoon for Late Lunch from 1.30 on your station, LMFM. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.